On today's episode, we are going to take a look at DraftKings, the sports betting company. They just reported earnings, so let's get started. Also guys, make sure to subscribe. Sometimes I'm unable to get the videos out on time, but I will always post if I'm opening a position or something in my in my comment section. So here I did say I was gonna pick up a small position on DKG, uh, on DraftKings after looking at their earnings. Obviously this is not advice, but I did that at 9.30 and the company is now up about 11%. So make sure to subscribe guys and I hope you guys enjoyed this video. So the first thing we're gonna take a look at is this company's stock price. And right now, this company is up about 6.5%. And right now is Friday at 9.55 in the morning. I honestly was hoping to have this video before the market opened, but there was just so much information that I wanted to take a look at before posting before posting the video. So as we all know, this company became, I, um, became DKNG on April 23rd when it merged with another company. And we're going to talk about that in a bit. But if we compare this to April 23rd, this company is up already 50% in just the past, in the past, what, not even three, four weeks. So in today's episode, what we're going to do, we're going to take a look at the earnings results. We're going to take a look at the presentations at their 10Q report, their balance sheet, and their future growth estimations for this company. So the next company I actually wanted to do for videos is VTIQ, but I'm not sure how many people want me to do this. So if I get 30 thumbs up on this video and let me know in the comments that you guys want me to do this video, I will do this video next. And this is the new Tesla, which people are calling. So I've already done a bit of information, but I'm pretty excited if if you guys would want me to do this video, I can go ahead and dig some more information. All right, so let's start off with this company's earnings results. DraftKings reported their quarter one earnings, and this was the first earnings this company did publicly as DraftKings. So quarter one gap earnings per share were a loss of negative 18 cents, which actually missed by two cents. Revenue for this company was 88.5 million. So this is a very small company if it's only providing that kind of revenue. No, if we looked at plenty of other companies providing in the in the in the billions, tens of billions. Um, of revenue. So this is a very small company, but we can see this revenue grew 30% compared to the same time last year. And you might be like, hey, Jose, how can how can they say 30% growth if this company just went public? Just because the company went public doesn't mean when they're private, they don't collect the information. So when they're private, they still have private investors that they need to show information to. So they compare it to that information. And revenue actually missed by $15.83 million in revenue. And that's actually a big portion of revenue missed. Um, But we can see one thing we are going to see is this is a heavy growth. So normally when I see double digits, especially 30% and higher heavy growth, we usually see a negative earnings per share, especially when we have that low revenue. And what's going to we're going to see is this company is using most of its money to develop its features, to acquire more customers by marketing, by advertising, by adding more employees so they can sell to more customers and develop even better stuff. So right now they're in a state where they want to get as much customers as they can, even if they're losing money in the short term, because in the long term, it's going to end up being uh, a great thing for the company the one thing with growth companies like this and we're going to take a look at the balance sheet is these companies need to make sure they have a very very strong balance sheet because that will show that even if they burn money they will be able to survive so that's a very important part that we're going to take a look at later on through this episode 
So looking ahead, DraftKings does not anticipate an impact or long-term plans due to COVID-19. And if you guys don't know, DraftKings is pretty much the on the, the one of the top dogs in online betting. So right now, even we are going to see this company is doing ways to mitigate that, that there's no sports happening right now. But because it is an online platform, it's not a, a, a brick and mortar place that has been closed down. So this company has been adapting to the current state of the market, which I think is actually pretty cool. But because it is not a physical place, it doesn't have to shut down. And that has helped this company continue to grow and continue to not see an impact for the year. All right, so then let's take a look at their earnings presentation. I highlighted some of the cool information that were there, but you guys can find all this information on the Investors Relations website if you want to learn more. First, this company, the way this company did its IPO was a little different than most companies. Most companies actually go through this IPO process, which takes some time. What um, DraftKings ended up doing is it ended up merging with this other company, SB Tech, which was already a public company. So when they merged, it was able to go IPO a lot faster. Um, and that's why we saw in that stock chart that we saw some time before then that this company actually had a running stock price. But it's because it was running as SB Tech before. So now that once they merged, it actually became um, just the, the ticker became DKNG. So they're showing us the two companies and how they're growing. So right now, old DraftKings, so this is before SB Tech, old DraftKings generated $89 million of net revenue. This was a 60% increase um, before pre-COVID-19. So this is actually a pretty, pretty big deal. Um, and it is, it is a 30% year-to-year increase after the COVID-19 effect. So COVID-19 actually took a nice impact, did take a nice hit. But even with that nice hit, this company still saw a 30% year-to-year growth. If COVID-19 wasn't a thing, this company would have seen close to close to 60% in revenue growth. And that, to me, shows that this is a strong growing company. The SP Tech year-to-year saw a 3% increase. And if it wasn't for the COVID-19, they would have seen a 19% increase pre-COVID-19. We're going to see how um, DraftKings has quickly created new content to keep players engaged during COVID-19. And we're going to take a look at that later. And next, this company is well positioned in the balance sheet, which is something I really wanted to see. And we're going to take a look at bigger. Uh, uh, we're going to take a look deeper into this company's balance sheet. But right now, this company has about $450 million in cash and it's, it's burning about 12 to 15 to $20 million in in monthly cash right now with no sports so in theory this company if it's burning about 20 million it has about 20 i want to say about close to two years that this company will be able to survive if no major sports come back and this is assuming the same growth that's happening right now if their other content that they just provided increases that monthly cash burn will start to decrease so this company just from looking at that is in a well position to be a strong grower we see that double digit revenue growth and we see that high cash balance sheet compared to the amount of cash burn is doing monthly so now let's take a look at the launch new content that this company is doing um, so right now, this right there are no sports happening. So this company is actually pushing into esports. And actually, I did not know. I, I I did a video on on DraftKings about five days ago, and this was one part I did not know. I did not know that they started doing esports. So they're doing um, betting now on on like Call of Duty, esports, fantasy esports, Rocket League madden and they're also doing fantasy sports right now so all this is helping them engage more customers 
And all these are contents that they have created. Well, most of these are contents that they have created after COVID-19. So this company is pretty smart in, and is pretty well at adapting with its current market. And the company that's able to adapt to its current market, I think, is a great thing. Unfortunately, right now, I feel like even though esports, I am very bullish on esports, it is still nowhere near the caliber of regular sports. So as long, but it is smart that this company moved into this earlier. So now it'll be able to keep up with that trend as esports grow, esports betting will start to grow. And I do feel like in the future, this will be a very small, a very big part of this company's total revenue. And DraftKings, let, I'm jumping into this company's earnings report now. I'm probably doing this back and forth. But right here, DraftKing also launches a series of pop culture free-to-play pool contests that cover topics from democratic debates, TV shows like Survivor, The Last Dance, and Top Chef. And this is actually pretty cool. So these are free-to-play pools. So there's no betting happening here. But you know what this is doing? This is bringing customers into their website. So then later on, they, they can understand what this, uh, they can see the other the other parts that bring revenue to these companies and can actually start betting on that. Right, because there's definitely no betting allowed in these other things, but these are just free to play pool contests, which again, I think is just a smart thing for brand awareness. The other thing that this company is seeing is they're entering new states. At the moment, I think in my previous video, there were only like eight or eight states that did, a very low number of states that did um, online, that approved online betting, right? This is a legal issue. Um, so the, right now the number of states in there are pretty low and they are adding states on almost hopefully on a quarterly basis just depending on if legislations get passed in quarter one DraftKings uh, uh, launched online sports betting in Iowa and then recently went live with iGaming in Pennsylvania which was more like a, a, a online casino type thing which is a whole different market right they, they have sports betting but then online regular betting casino betting is a whole different market that this company is touching and online sports bet and online sports betting also in Colorado so this company is is definitely going it's definitely expanding itself and right now at this time approximately 14 states are actively considering sports bettings through legislations and drafting expects this momentum to continue as the government begins to focus on reopening the economy so obviously with the economy being closed maybe sports betting is the last thing in, in the government's minds and legislation's minds of things getting passed but when things go back to reopening this is going to go back in the focus because at the end of the day this also is going to provide extra taxes for these uh, for these states and they are going to enjoy that as well Next, let's take a look at growth in this company's monthly active users. Monthly unique players in 2019, in the quarter of one of 2019, this company had about 619,000 unique players. Now in 2020, this company has about 720,000 unique players. So there is an increase in numbers. And that's actually over a, probably close to a 20% growth in, in unique players. And I do think as that brand awareness begins to open up, it will bring more and more um, unique players to this. And we're going to see that continued growth in there. Next, the average revenue by these players has also increased. Last quarter, these players, each player collected about 30 and made up us. Revenue was about $37. Right now, it's about $41. So they are increasing the amount of money they are betting, which at the end includes more revenue. 
All right, so now let's take a look at this company's income statement. And there's a few things I wanted to take a look at here. First is the expense. We already talked a lot about that revenue growth, so there's not much I wanted to see there. But remember, like I said, this is a growth company. So we are expected this company's expense to actually be growing fast too. So sales and marketing same time last year was about $36 million. Right now it's about $53 million. So there is an increase there. That to me means this company is spending more money on marketing, on advertising, and maybe on the sales team. Product and technology. Last year, it was about 13 million. Right now, it's about 18 million. Again, a huge increase percentage-wise. And this, to me, this company is making sure that its product is up to date and they are increasing like their IT, their engineers that work on this. Finally, general and administrative also increased. Yes, last year was 26 million. Right now, it's 39 million. So that, to me, tells me this company has hired just more headcount to its buildings to make sure everything is going to, um, is, is work, is, is flowing smoothly. And like I said, these are expenses you are expected to see when you invest in a growth company. Again, these are not things if you are a valued investor, this company is going to look like complete nonsense to you. But if you are into growth companies, this is typically what you're expected to see. One thing I am pretty happy is normally with IPOs or, or, or just heavy growth, you see a huge increase, increase in stock-based compensation. So instead of paying their their employees with with cash, they sometimes pay, pay them with stock based compensations. And same time last quarter, this company did about four point eight million dollars in stock based compensation. Where right now is doing um, is doing about the same number, and that to me is actually a good. Uh, the it's okay, right? I, it's better than seeing an increase. The last thing I want to see is an increase in stock-based compensation. If this company starts to build more cash, though, I would expect that stock-based compensation to go down a bit because at the end of the day, that stock-based compensation is going to be bad for for the um, for the employees. Uh, for not for the employee yeah for not for the employees for the investors because it is diluting the amount of shares which end up making a share worth a bit less uh, and right now like i said it's still sitting about a 4.8 million 4.8 million dollars in in stock-based compensation which is not that bad consider we have about 53.7 million dollars in sales and marketing 18 million in product and technology and about 40 million in general administrator all right, so next let's take a look at this company's balance sheet. In this company's balance sheet, total current assets, this company has a really low amount of cash at hands, um, which is actually not that bad of a thing. Um, but here I was trying to see, your, normally these are in thousands, but no, these are actual values. This company in current assets has about $250,000, very small, but that's because most of his cash and investments are held in the trust accounts. And these trust accounts is where they pull out money and they move money in here and out of here to pay the bills. Um, and this trust account happened after this company's IPO. I'm pretty sure if we go to their trust account, we can see what, let's look for a trust account. Uh, do, 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 searching. So trust account, upon closing the public offering, so after they did IPO the, uh, and the private placement, $400 million were placed in a trust account with Continental Stock Transfer and trust company acting as the trustee. So right now, the proceeds held in the trust accounts are invested in permitted United States government securities. Um, so for example, just low, uh, low, low risk 
securities, government securities are like T-bonds, T-bills. So very low securities having a maturity of 185 deaths base or less or in money market funds meeting certain conditions so this right now i'm guessing while the whole process of the merging is going on they don't want anything funky happening with the money so they put it in this trust fund and then they put in this trust account they put it into into very secured um assets so that money doesn't end up going anywhere or anything fishy is happening which to me is is not unheard of and it's not that scary to see but it, it just it was a little weird to see that little bit of cash and cash equivalents this company has and remember it has about 450 million dollars of of cash and cash equivalents and it's only burning about 15 to 20 million dollars a month with no sports so with no major sports and no other growth, this company can last, like I said, for two years. This company's total current liabilities is one about 1.5 million and total liabilities of 15 million dollars. So this company has enough cash and cash equivalents to pretty much pay off anything it has, which to me tells me this company is pretty good and set in a good place. Finally, the last thing I want to take a look is look at this company's valuation. So if you guys don't know, I take a look at Seeking Alpha and depending on the type of company I'm looking at, depends on how I go with this valuation. If this is not a low growth, if this is a low growth company that has been has been established for some time, I like to take a look at forward P.E. ratio. For growth companies, I consider that a bad thing to do because most of the time this company is going to be losing money in the upcoming years. And this is true. In December 2021, two years from now, this company is still expected to lose about 60 cents. But what I end up taking a look at is revenue estimations for the pre- for the upcoming years and take a look at that price to sales ratio. And that price to sales ratio is the company's total revenue expected for the year divided by its market cap. And normally with a growth company in a some form of software or low or low cost things, which I would expect um, sports betting to be right. There is no physical things that they have to create. There's no physical uh, items that they have to refund or anything. Normally here, I try to get somewhere be to below a 10, a 10 forward price to sales ratio. So first, let's take a look at that revenue estimation growth. So seven, right in 2021, this company is expected to make $710 million. In 2020, so this year, this company is expected to make $500 million. So right there, that's close to 10, 20, 30, 40. That's close to a 40% growth in revenue in the upcoming year. So this tells me this is a heavy growing company. The forced price to sales ratio is 11.14. This is normally a little bit on the high side, but I would consider this about fairly valued right now. Like I said, 10 would be my max. Um, and that to me, 11 is a little bit good because let, let's take a look at the pros this company has. One, this company has a very strong balance sheet. Two, with COVID-19 and no sports happening right now, this company is only burning about $15 million. Even though if this company had if this company had sports, this company would be burning less and would be able to survive for longer than two, three years if, if sports were back. Three, this company is adapting pretty well and is doing stuff like esports now, which I think is actually pretty good because that market is going to grow. Fourth, this company is still only available in certain states. Once legislation happens in other states, this is even going to increase that revenue even more. And let's see, what else can I think of? Five, these company, the company doing those free pools to just bring random people into it by doing like the debates, random TV shows that everybody watches. 
Um, it's just building that brand awareness. So building more people to come in. And we're actually also seeing revenue growth and user growth um, by pretty double big double digits numbers. And I do think investors see that. And that's why we see that a little bit over 10 forward price to sales ratio because investors already anticipate this to some extent. It's priced to future knowings and it does know that, but I do see there's still heavy growth. For, for me, this is actually a company I am gonna invest in and actually the mar when the market opened, that was another reason I did take my time with this video. I did spend some time opening a few positions in DraftKings. So I am bullish in DraftKings. But again, this is not advice. This is just, I'm not a professional, nowhere near. I could be 100% wrong and I'm in this for the next five years. So if this company even drops about 10%, 15% in the next few weeks, in the next quarters, it's not gonna affect me because now I know that I I am pretty I, I am pretty knowledgeable in this company i know what to expect for this company and i think that's what investment needs to do investors need to make sure they understand the company because what ends up happening is a, they they just buy a company to buy a company but when that stock price drops they don't know what they invested in so they get scared and they sell out and they lose money for me i, I i've experienced stuff like that now i invest in only companies that i know so i know even if the stock price drops down and there's no change in the current business then that to me means hey cheaper shares because i'm still i'm still in that same in that same mindset of where this company is gonna go so even if the stock price drops to me it's like okay see you in another month see you in another year and then tell me how, how my growth has gone so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode let me know what you guys think have a good day and take care